0: to the ranking of the stars. What's happening? A podcast in which I, Emmeline Boblik, I'm scared. And my lovely, luscious, laughter triggering husband.
1: The whole world feels upside down.
0: (laughs) What's your name husband?
1: My name is Jack Boblik.
0: We watch in chronological order every single movie that has won the Oscar for best picture. And not only watch them, but also rang them.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that other guy forgets to say.
0: Yes. And today's movie is...
1: Casablanca.
0: Casablanca. The
1: number two movie on the American Film Institute's top ten movies of all time. Yeah. Losing out to Citizen Kane.
0: I don't... I think that's not an accurate ranking Casablanca should be first. I I know that Citizen Kane is uh, held dear and for a lot of people but who are experts angles, you don't understand. <laughs> no, I
1: completely agree Ca- Casablanca is a better movie than Citizen It's a better Kane.
0: movie, it's a better plot, it's a better everything I think than Citizen Kane. But I think we're diverging from our topic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. You you've seen the the poster. I have it here on the paper in front of me. Mostly,
1: Mostly, it's just heads. <laughs> yeah, it's just heads, but at least stylized to be in black and white, and uh, it has a noirish feel that fits in with the movie. But they could have done better with it.
0: Yeah, at least this one is not drawings of the the actors; they're actual pictures of the, of the actors.
1: No, a good watercolor yeah poster would have been in keeping with the the pulpy nature of it. I think so. It's it's fine. Yeah does yeah. not provoke strong emotions either way
0: no it just it's all black and white except for the title casablanca written at the bottom uh in red and that's it
1: you should explain that the reason of the reversal is that mm. for the first time ever you are doing the synopsis
0: <gasps> yes
1: instead of me and you'd think audience that that would mean that i would be the one doing the fun facts in a trade of uh, responsibilities but no <laughs> i did the fun fact emily did those as well i am just getting a a clean break because i'm in the midst of my finals
0: yeah and also there was a lot of french and german and a little bit of italian spoken in this movie so
1: seemed appropriate it seemed appropriate for me to, to do it speak all those languages
0: yes characters and actors let's do it all right well first of all we have humphrey bogart
1: the man the myth the legend
0: yes he is so damn good in this movie he
1: was born to play this role he
0: is amazing he, he... is
1: such the archetypal heartbroken good man but wounded detective yeah who's trying his best but is just ground down by the world and life
0: He is absolutely fantastic his facial expressions are always on point with what the character is supposed to feel it was wonderful wonderful to see him so he plays richard or rick for short rick Uh, do we ever get a last name blaine blaine yep he's an american saloon keeper in casablanca who mysteriously cannot go back to america yep then we have swedish actress ingrid bergman
1: a haunted past in a noir film oh shocker i'm shocked
0: (laughs) she plays uh ilsa lund uh, she was under contract with David Ozelsnik at the time. So, David Ozelsnik o- was the one who produced Gone, uh, with, the Gone with the Wind and Rebecca as well. and But the producer of Casablanca, Hal Wallace, managed to get her for the role by lending Olivia de Havilland to Zelsnik for another movie. Olivia de Havilland was uh, Melanie Hamilton in N- Gone with the Wind.
1: Yeah, back in those times where the actors were on contract, so they got traded like baseball cards yes. in between studios. Yeah. I'll give you two Bogarts for one Gable. <laughs> Throw in half a Bergman and you've got a deal.
0: Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't go as far as saying to me that as much as I love Clark Gable, I think Bogart is a better actor. He's yeah. got he's got a, a wider range of emotions and a wider I think wider range of just acting techniques.
1: Yeah, Clark Gable is certainly incredibly talented, but also incredibly handsome. So yes. there's yes. there's just a little bit of, you know,
0: not that Bogart is not handsome. He's not a, uh, he's not as handsome as, as Gable, but he's, to me, a little bit more charismatic.
1: He's more brooding and mysterious. Yeah. He's wounded. I can heal him.
0: <laughs> we then have Paul Heinrich, who was an Austrian actor. He plays Victor Laszlo. Uh, he was apparently a big name in romantic movies mm. at the time. And so for this movie, he was upset that he didn't get the uh, male protagonist part.
1: But he gets the girl in the end. Sure. Spoilers, but...
0: <laughs> but he gets less screen time than Bogart. And I also read that he didn't get along with people on the set very much. Oh, jeez. Uh, he apparently thought that Bogart was a mediocre actor. <laughs> And in turn, Bergman thought that uh, Heinrich was a prima donna.
1: Sounds like it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Then we have Claude Rains, who plays Captain Louis uh, Louis Renault. The, He's the French prefect of police.
1: The most uh, lovably corrupt policeman you'll ever yeah. meet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes. completely
1: shameless in his corruption
0: <laughs> he's sweet he makes a lot of references to his corruption which i didn't catch the first time around but then watching the, the movie again for the synopsis I, I caught some of those yeah
1: he's so open and almost joyous about it <laughs>
0: yeah yeah he's making fun of himself and just yeah i appreciate somebody who can make them fun of themselves yep we have conrad vate who plays Major Heinrich Strasser of the Third Reich. The fun fact about him is that he had actually fled Nazi Germany because his wife was Jewish.
1: Here he is playing a Nazi.
0: Yes, well, that's another fun fact about him is that he ended up playing a lot of Nazi characters in uh, movies uh, uh, in the 40s because of his German accent.
1: Yeah, he certainly does it well. The Nazis in this movie reminded me a lot of Nazis in Indiana Jones movies.
0: Oh, in what way?
1: They're always you know in full uniform and always uh, scowling and just overbearing and mm. completely devoted to the Reich. And they're yeah. very pulpy villains in that way yeah like they're there's no redeeming quality about them ever they're just fully on board with the, the genocide and the the world takeover and being evil and they love being evil and
0: yeah they're yeah. on a mission and they, they have to complete it it's
1: their whole life
0: another fun fact about him is that he was the highest paid actor on this movie even though what? he's a supporting actor yes
1: that's crazy
0: i'm um, more uh, paid more than humphrey bogart himself
1: that is Wow,
0: we then have Dooley Wilson, who plays Sam, the piano uh, piano player at Rick's Cafe. Dooley Wilson himself was a drummer, <laughs> uh, so on the scenes when he's supposed to play the the piano, it's it, it was recorded by somebody else beforehand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just looked the part.
0: He just looked the part of Drums, yes. piano, eh, same thing. <laughs> uh, we have Sydney Greenstreet, who plays uh, Senor Ferrari who's the owner of the blue parrot cafe peter Lore, who plays senor ugarte the man who sells exit visas to people trying to go to america
1: he's the one who gets got really early on yes
0: he's yeah. the one who, he gets arrested very early on and, in, and then dies who pr-
1: provides the uh, the macguffin that everyone's after
0: yes exactly and then uh, that's it there's a lot of other characters just too many some of them are in just a, a couple of scenes and don't have very many nines uh, you got so. all the,
1: the major yeah. players it's the major players it's it's Rick it's the corrupt policeman and it's Elsa And that's that's pretty much the, yeah. the core cast
0: alright information about the movie the movie is based on a play that was never produced wow and it was entitled everybody comes to Rick's <laughs>
1: Formerly known as Everybody Loves Rick. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Everybody Loves Rick.
1: A prequel to Everybody Loves Raymond.
0: (laughs) And the movie was originally named uh, Everybody Comes to Rick's.
1: It was originally called Rick's Place. (laughs) Rick's House of Giggles and Fun Times.
0: And then instead of being named Everybody Comes to Rick's, uh, Renault has that line at some point in the movie. Yeah, because everybody knows Rick's. Everybody comes to Rick's. Uh, but they changed the movie, The they changed the, the title to Casablanca uh, after the success of a 1938 movie uh, entitled Algiers.
1: So, uh, lo- location titles are hot right now.
0: Yeah. And it was, you know, it's still in uh, Northern Africa. And so it's, yeah, they, they changed that in the movie because of that success. Interesting uh,
1: that one of the most... Uh stunning artistic achievements was entitled the motivation for its title was chasing trends
0: yeah the filming started on may 25th 1942 and it ended august 3rd of that year Uh, it was uh, produced and distributed by warner uh, brothers the premiere occurred on november twenty sixth, 1942 and the countrywide release happened on january 23rd 1943. The running time is 102 minutes, and the original budget was 878 thousand dollars. Not
1: even a million. No, uh,
0: well, actually, uh, they went over. Okay. By seventy-five thousand dollars, a little bit more. Yeah, even a little bit more than uh, uh, a million dollars. So, and the movie ended up making nearly seven million over the years. Sheesh. So overall, a real success. Yep. Which nobody expected, uh, apparently. Like they were all. Uh, I read that uh, people were coming to the set and expecting to make this like tiny little movie, and then it was a, a huge, huge success.
1: And then accidentally made one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. Oops.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Fun facts. Buckle up, Buttercup. Because it's the most fun facts I've ever found for a movie. Because I found some, as I was telling you, on the Wikipedia page for the movie, but also I watched the movie uh, on Amazon and it has those like trivia fun facts An that come up. Of An ocean
1: of information.
0: Ocean of information. Exactly. Let's dive in. I'm gonna give you as many as I can first here for this segment, but there's also some of them are sprinkled here and there in the synopsis, not to spoil the the movie, not spoil the movie, right. The slip that Rick signs at the beginning is dated December 2nd, 1941, and that's one of the only two indicators about the time of this movie that, that we have in the movie.
1: December uh, 2nd, that's right before Pearl Harbor. Yeah, but that's like five days before. Yeah.
0: Well, the the whole action of this movie takes place maybe over two days, I think, two or so three days. It so, it happens uh, yeah.
1: the week before Pearl Harbor. Exactly. Huh.
0: Exactly. There's only one other moment at the, uh, in the movie when Rake mentions uh, it's December 1949, uh, 1941, and those are the only two indicators. There's a chess game that Rake is playing by himself when we meet him on screen. Yep. And I read that it's it was a real game that Bogart himself was playing with a friend. They were mailing each other letters yep. and telling each other how to move the the pieces. Just by mail. Yep. Yep. And that that ended up staying with him for that scene when he's introduced. The reason why Rick can't return to America is never given in the movie. Uh, The writers, the Epstein brothers, said that they had tried to make up a good reason, but they never found anything that seemed right. So it just left uh, as a mystery in the movie.
1: You know, it's one of my favorite lines in the whole thing is the acknowledgement of his mysterious past by the the corrupt police officer where he asked him uh did you abscond with the church funds yeah did i got you, it did you run away with the senator's wife <laughs> personally i prefer to believe that you killed a man it's the romantic <laughs> in me
0: and then he says a uh, combination of all three <laughs> yep.
1: i yeah. like that line so much when i was a teenager that i memorized it and as we were rewatching the whole thing just bubbled up into my brain as it was being delivered really yeah oh i remember this
0: <laughs> um ingrid bergman was two inches or five centimeter taller than Humphrey Bogart.
1: What? We can't have that. Make a platform for him. Exactly. Yep. So
0: <laughs> to keep the illusion that he was taller than her, they had Bogart stand on boxes yep. sometimes. Or when they're sitting down together on couches, she's like slouching on the couch to, uh, to uh, make sure that that kind of heteronormative convention that yep. the man has to be taller than You Can't is
1: have a woman taller than a man. Get some phone books. Get some phone books. <laughs> Platform shoes.
0: There's other moments when they're both looking out a window when she's kind of lingering or laying down her uh, her arms over the window pane and then he's behind her so that she seems smaller than him she
1: has to stoop in every scene they're in together yeah jesus
0: another thing about berman is that apparently she favored the her left side so in every romantic scene in the movie she is filmed to show more of, of the left side of her face
1: god <laughs> i
0: have no idea things
1: that no one would ever notice except the yeah the picky people who insist on how them. do
0: you favor one side of your face
1: yeah this it's... sounds like some old hollywood bullshit yeah it's more symmetrical the light shines on better there's less creases But
0: that's one of the things I guess she had in her contract, and and that's how they shot her. Can
1: only be filmed from the left.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The first scene that they shot was the scene in uh, Paris on the day that the occupation begins when Rick, Ilsa, and Sam are toasting champagne over Sam's piano. It happens about... 30-35 30-35 minutes into the movie but some of the other actors
1: hadn't shown up yet
0: they hadn't shown up yet because they were finishing another movie so they had to just go ahead and and start filming in a different order than they had planned to originally yeah. uh speaking of pianos sam's piano from uh one of the Paris scenes was auctioned in 2012 and it sold for over $600,000.
1: I'm surprised he didn't break a million.
0: Well, hold on. Because the piano that Sam plays at Rick's Cafe in Casablanca was then sold in 2014. And it sold for $3.4 Yep.
1: That's a piece of film history.
0: Yes. Yeah. Another thing personal to the actors, apparently Bogart's wife was constantly accusing him of having an affair with Ingrid Bergman. How fun. She would come to his dressing room and so he he would just leave his dressing room furious and come to set still furious of having arguments with him. (laughs)
1: that's why he looks so miserable all the time he's on screen
0: yes yes just helping him with
1: his character
0: and apparently him and uh berkman didn't uh, talk that much together like they would would just be on set for their scenes but they didn't hang out they they had very little to do together outside of filming so did i was you, completely
1: did you uh, look up and see how long that particular marriage lasted because i can't no ima- i didn't I not didn't imagine it was permanent. It up. Let's do some on air investigation. So, yeah, to 45. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. few more years.
0: A few more years. All right. We were talking about famous quotes from the movie. In fact, in the 2005 list of uh, 100 greatest movie quotes. Oh, there's a,
1: a plethora of them in this.
0: Casablanca holds seven spots yeah. oh, on that let, list. Let's
1: see if I can get them. Uh, Play it again, Sam
0: yes that's number 28
1: uh here's looking at you kid
0: that's number five
1: this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship number 20 uh what else is there
0: there's at number 32 round up the usual suspects sure it's <laughs> not very iconic but yeah. it made it to the list
1: oh oh i know another one it's uh, of all the the gin joints in the world this is the one you walk into. Yep.
0: Yeah, that's number sixty-seven of all the gin joints in the in all the towns in all the world. Uh, she walks into mine. Yep. And then we have number forty-two. I stick my neck out for nobody. Hmm. And number forty-three, we'll always have Paris.
1: Yes, we'll always have Paris.
0: Yeah. Uh, the movie was selected for preservation by the Library of Congress in 1989. It was one of the the first movies that was selected for preservation.
1: Yes, it should be.
0: Yeah, it still has a 99% approval rate on Rotten Tomatoes. And in 1992, uh, movie critic Roger Ebert wrote, quote, There are greater movies, more profound movies, movies of greater artistic vision or artistic originality or a political significance, but Casablanca is one of the movies we treasure the most. This is a movie that has transcended the ordinary categories, end quote and then he added quote the people in it are all so good it is a wonderful gem yep end quote
1: a uh-huh. masterpiece of genre fiction with a, a masterclass cast
0: yes it was nominated for eight academy awards included best actor for humphrey bogart best supporting actor for claude rains best Cin- cinematography in black and white best film editing and best scoring of a dramatic or comedy picture and it won three awards for a best picture best director and best screenplay
1: no best actor
0: no i was surprised by that i was really surprised by that because bogart is just absolutely fantastic in yeah, this
1: he is that character
0: yeah and speaking of the wins, the there was one that was a little controversial moment of the Oscar ceremony. When Best Picture was announced, Jack Warner, the head of the studio, got up first mm. and accepted the award instead of the producer or the director. And so the producer, Hal Wallace, was furious, and then he ended up quitting wor- working for Warner Bros.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd be mad too. Did you do the work? No. No. You just own the building where the work happened.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then the losers bracket for this one. We have the, mo- the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture that year. We have For Whom the Bell Tolls, Heaven Can Wait, The Human Comedy in Which We Serve, Madame Curie, The More the Merrier, The Oxbow Incident, The Song of Bernadette, and watch on the Rhine. Well that, do you know any of them?
1: No. I've well, never heard of any for of whom them. The bell tolls sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you what it's about.
0: Yeah. That's it. Well,
1: those all sound dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we watched and got to watch Casablanca. I'm, gl-
0: I'm glad it was that one. This feels weird. This is usually the yeah. the moment where I hand you the baton and then you take over for the synopsis.
1: I'm having an existential crisis. I feel I feel vestigial. I feel useless. <laughs> Who even am I without the synopsis? <laughs> oh.
0: Well, you'll get back there. You'll get back here next week. Yep. All right.
1: Next week I'll be a real boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's start. The credits begin to appear laid out over a map of Africa. And played over a music that was composed by Max Steiner, who also did the music for Gone with the Wind.
1: It was a, an interesting world map because it had like three dimensions to it. It wasn't flat. There were yeah. little ridges and whatnot. It almost looked like it was made out of clay or something.
0: Yeah, I can see that. And the music that's played in the opening credits was originally written for a 1934 movie entitled The Lost Patrol. And he reworked it to sound more, quote, oriental. Hmm. And then we hear the French national anthem, La Marseillaise. The opening sequence uh, is of a world globe rotating and the narrating voice saying, quote, With the coming of the Second World War, many eyes in imprisoned Europe turned hopefully or desperately towards the freedom of the Americas. Lisbon became the great embarkation point, but not everybody could get to Lisbon directly. And so a torturous roundabout refugee trail sprang up. Paris to Marseille, across the Mediterranean to Oran, then by train or auto or foot across the Rim of Africa to Casablanca in French Morocco.
1: Yeah, Casablanca has become this uh, crossroads due to the war. Where people are getting stuck in this bureaucratic quagmire.
0: Yeah, and it's it just so close to uh, Spain and uh, and Portugal that it's the easiest way to get out. Mm, yeah. Here, the fortunate ones, through money or influence or luck, might obtain exit visas, and scurry to Lisbon, and from Lisbon to the New World. But the others wait in Casablanca, and wait and wait and wait what do you think of that opening sequence
1: i think it sets the stage perfectly of the the unique circumstance that exists because of the war yeah that's yeah part of the the beauty of the whole thing is that it's such a a moment in time this plot in this place
0: yeah the opening scene is in a souk which is like a street market in northern african countries were then transported to a police station and an agent gets a piece of paper out of his typewriter before reading it over the radio to all officers. And he says, To all officers, two German couriers carrying important official documents murdered on a train from Oran. Murderer and possible accomplices headed for Casablanca. Round up all suspicious characters and search them for stolen documents. Important. And that's where the message ends.
1: Yeah. I think this is after in the in the opening scene we also get a little a scene where uh there's a, a foreign couple being warned by a waiter at the restaurant they're supposedly sitting at. Oh, that's coming. I have it okay. in the in the synopsis. We're yeah. not there yet. If we're not there yet, not no. Already.
0: We then go back to the souk, and police officers start to gather pretty much anybody who looks even remotely suspicious, German, or just like they don't belong there.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a a fraught environment where you can just get got for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Or looking the wrong way.
0: Yeah, and the, Mostly looking the wrong way, I think. A man whose papers expired three weeks ago is chased through the souk and he's eventually shot in front of a depiction of uh marshal Philippe Pétain and i there's a quote on the wall that says je tiens mes promesses même celles des autres uh, translates to i keep my promises even the promises of others sinister yeah Maréchal Pétain, for people who don't know, he was a general in the French army during Second World War. And then he was put at the head of what we call the Vichy government in France, which was situated in the unoccupied zone. So it was technically in like the free France. But they also, in order to manage most things as they wanted to, they also were... Collaborationist, which means that they collaborated with the Germans to also round up uh, Jewish people and send them to concentration camps. Mm. So not so much of a their freedom of a glorious with... uh, character.
1: Yeah, their freedom came with a price.
0: Yeah, and when they uh, in the, the dead man's hand, when they search him, the police find a, a flyer of a swastika on it. So mm. they know they know at least that he was
1: German. Oh, it's okay. He's dead then. <laughs>
0: Then we get a shot of a building's entrance with the Moroccan flag sitting on the French on the on France's uh, motto, which is Liberté, Égalité, Fraternité, which is uh, uh, freedom, equality, and uh, like fatherland or Fraternité can have a a bunch of different meanings. I would say fatherland or brotherhood. Yep. Uh, It is displayed always over official buildings, uh, official government buildings in France. We're in the Palais de Justice, or the courthouse, in in, uh, this instance. And people are being rushed in by the police while outside, at a cafe, a strange man explains the situation to a couple of Brits who are just sitting there in confusion. He tells them uh, to be on guard, and uh, he leaves with the man's wallet. (laughs) He's the the pickpocket. He appears in two other scenes, I think, in the movie. Yeah,
1: he bumps into one of the servers at Rick's, and then the the server knows who he is and immediately checks to make sure he still has his wallet.
0: Yeah, and then he approaches somebody else and steals their their wallet from from the pocket of their pants as well.
1: While they're just leaning against the bar.
0: Yeah. Then we see a plane. We hear the plane first, and it is passing over the city and over people, and people are looking up very longingly, as a, a young woman says, perhaps tomorrow we'll be on the plane. However, this plane is arriving, not departing, uh, and it has a few German officers in it, including Major Strasser. He is introduced to Captain Renault, the police-préfet of Casablanca, and he te- who tells him that unoccupied France welcomes him to Casablanca. I love that he has always those like little subtle hints to his rebellion against Germany. Like the, it's not f- just France that welcomes him to Casablanca. It's unoccupied France. He's
1: yeah. They're always very clear about the distinction between occupied and unoccupied France and what that you know means legally and yeah. for their relations and and how far they have to obey the Germans and whatnot.
0: Yeah. They discuss the recent murders, and Captain Renault assures him that they're rounding up twice as many people as usual. And Stresser wants to know if they know the identity of the murderer, and Renault tells him that the murderer will be at Rick's tonight. We
1: are oppressing people a German amount.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A German amount. (laughs) Yeah, he tells him that the murderer will be at Rick's tonight because everybody comes to Rick's.
1: We're making sure those screws... In their hands are good and tight. <laughs> <laughs> good and tight. and
0: <laughs> And Strasser already knows about Rick's Café and also about Mr. Rick himself.
1: Mm. Reputation precedes him.
0: Reputation. Transition to Rick's Café American. I love that it has the Rick's with the apostrophe S that we use in English to, to show possession, but then it says Café American instead of American Café. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the mix which is also encapsulates what this place looks like and feels like entirely because you hear so many different languages there's spanish there's italian there's french there's german there's arabic there's a whole bunch of different languages spoken in there yeah it's
1: become this unintentional patchwork community just because of the situation they all find themselves in
0: yeah a place for yeah travelers refugees we see tables and chairs out on the patio, outside, heavy double entrance doors, and a flashy neon sign over the doors. Old-fashioned music is played inside. The first uh, song that we hear is It Had To Be You. I love that song. It's like a really old, old-fashioned song. It's, it's really cute.
1: Yeah, Sam playing a piano that is situated just like in the center yeah. Of the floor of the the bar it's not yeah. against a wall or on a stage or anything he's just out there in the middle of the crowd so
0: that he can move around and play uh move throughout the uh the room and then play closer to people maybe yeah
1: it is a very mobile piano that gets scooted around mm. a fair amount
0: we enter the cafe and come close to the piano singer sam as people listen to him we then move throughout the cafe and see a variety of people It's. It's really crowded. It's a really long sequence. Like that first sequence itself lasts for close to twenty minutes. It's a, it's almost the the first third of the movie.
1: Yeah, you spend a lot of time in Rick's bar. It's almost a a place movie. Yeah. In the way that Grand Hotel is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought about that when we were watching the the movie.
1: Yeah, both in Rick's. A cafe being a place and casablanca itself being a place yeah. so it's a place within a place
0: yeah one man is drinking and lamenting waiting 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 i'll never get out of here i'll die in casablanca a woman is trying to sell her jewelry uh she's trying to sell diamonds but everybody's selling diamonds so she's not getting yeah, as much money as we're she drowning wanted for in it. diamonds says the buyer <laughs> yeah then two men are playing with dominoes. I didn't know exactly what the the game they were playing was, but they were playing with dominoes. And one says, the trucks are ready. The men are waiting. So we know that there's things that are being plotted in
1: this place. Everybody in this place has some sort of scheme or plot that they're involved in. Yeah.
0: They're both, I wrote in my notes, they're both being careful and they stop talking as soon as they hear somebody speak in German next to them.
1: Yeah. There's about half a dozen other movies happening in the background of this movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then someone is giving details for a boat leaving the next day from La Medina, And asking the potential passenger for 15,000 francs in cash. He repeats that in in cash. cash.
1: So we can take it off your corpse.
0: Exactly. Then a woman asks... Oh, we are then shown another door, which leads into the gambling area at the back of the cafe. And a woman asks uh, the waiter, Carl if rick will have a drink with her and her friend which prompts carl to answer her that rick never drinks with customers never never he repeats that a couple of times there's uh, always customers who ask him and nobody else if rick can come and have a drink with them it's like that never happens he never comes in and drink with the customers
1: yeah asking for personal favors and rick does not show favoritism in that way yeah uh-huh. rick is a neutral party rick yep. is switzerland
0: that, yep. I like that. We then get a close up of a hand approving a transaction for a thousand francs and signing his name, Rick. And then the camera zooms out to reveal Rick, Humphrey Bogart, smoking and drinking. I, there's almost there's very few scenes in this movie where Rick is not smoking. And
1: it's probably the ones that show him in the flashbacks right before he's broken.
0: Yes he doesn't smoke in the in the last scene at the airport but otherwise whenever we're inside the the cafe or anything he's always smoking and drinking he
1: needed his hand free for to hold other things in the last scene yeah but when otherwise when his hands are unoccupied yeah there's a cigarette in them Mm. cigarette and a, a glass of whiskey
0: then a man is being prohibited from entering the saloon from gambling from the gambling area Rick tells him that his money is only good at the bar and the man who has a very heavy german accent promises to report him to the Angriff, which translates to attack so i guess he was going to report him to the police yep the guards never never explained then a short man wearing a suit with slick hair also approaches rick and starts up a conversation about the two dead german couriers a
1: man whose appearance screams weasel
0: yes you know just from the way he looks you know that this man is trouble he he's got a he he's got sort of a he an, looks greasy he looks greasy he he's has a, a little bit of an innocent face but the way he dresses the way he does his hair you know that he's trouble
1: and he seems on edge as well which yeah. He's clearly up to something.
0: Yeah. Rick tells him that... Oh, Rick is not being pleasant with this man, who then tells him, You despise me, don't you? You object to the kind of business I do. But think of those poor refugees who'd rot in this place if I didn't help them. At which point we understand that he's one of the people who... Uh, Charges ridiculous amounts of money uh, to people who just want to escape to Lisbon.
1: Yeah, and by help them, I mean take advantage of the uh, poor position they're in and extract a a bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah. He
0: tries to defend himself by saying uh, that he offers exit visas at half the price that Renault asks for. So then we discover that the Renault character is a corrupt cop (laughs) also. Is that so parasitic, he asks. And then he informs Rick that he will be done with this whole thing, with the whole business tonight, and then he's leaving Casablanca.
1: He's one day from retirement.
0: (laughs) One day away from retirement. In fact, he has letters of transit signed by General de Gaulle himself. And I didn't uh, make a note uh, here, but I read in the fun facts and the trivia on Amazon that letters of transit were actually not a thing it's Mm -hmm. something that the the writers invented for the purpose of the movie
1: yep he has a macguffin valuable macguffin just like (laughs) in most noir films
0: he says they cannot be rescinded not even questioned he's planning on selling them tonight for more money than him and rick can ever dream of and he says he's got lots of friends in Casablanca, but since Rick despises him, he's the only person he trusts, and he asks Rick to keep the papers uh, for him until he's ready for the sale. Wait a minute, says Rick. I've heard a rumor that those two German couriers were carrying letters of transit. Oh, I've heard the, that rumor too. Poor devils. <laughs>
1: who can say
0: and that so that character i forgot to say his name that's uh ugarte now we go back to sam playing another song that the crowd and the other musicians sing with him the song is called knock on wood and it goes like who's got trouble we've got trouble how much trouble too Too much much trouble. trouble And yeah, that's knock just on knock wood, on wood. And
1: then the whole crowd knocks on something. Some people yes. are just bonking on their own heads.
0: <laughs> that's the musicians. You see Sam, so one musician knocking on his own head, and everybody yeah, takes their like silverware and they knock on the tables. The light is dimmed, and there's a spotlight only on Sam. And as he stops by, Rick discreetly opens the top of the piano and slips the paper in there.
1: Puts the MacGuffins inside.
0: Yeah, which I would have thought would alter the sound of the music but i guess there's a that little space yeah, just for pepper. hiding stuff yeah then a big man named ferrari enters and tells rick that he'd like to buy his cafe it's not for sale but you haven't heard my offer it's not for sale at any price <laughs> says rick Then they have a little bit of a grim conversation because Ferrari asks how much he wants for Sam. And Rick says he doesn't buy or sell human beings. Mm -hmm. To which Ferrari answers, too bad, that's Casablanca's leading commodity.
1: Yep. Oof.
0: Oh, that was gross.
1: Yeah, he's a much more uh, unscrupulous and brutal businessman than rick is
0: yeah he's also very realistic about the about the situation here it's like yeah if you're gonna be in business in casablanca at this time then you gotta have you're gonna have to deal with human beings Yeah,
1: you can tell from the beginning that rick is, under his gruff exterior has a, a wounded heart of gold
0: yeah i don't know we could make a fortune he says uh, they bring the conversation to Sam, who refuses Ferrari's offer, even though it's double what Rick pays him. At the bar, Sasha, the bartender, the Russian bartender, is hitting on a French woman named Yvonne. And he's serving her a glass of unspecified alcohol from the boss's private stock.
1: Yeah, he keeps telling her he loves her. Exactly. In a very, he tell- like, flippant yeah flippant and playful way. He, Here is a drink because I love you.
0: Because I love you. He tells her uh, he loves her and she says, shut up.
1: Yep. Yeah, because she wants Rick.
0: Yes. She's waiting for Rick. She only has eyes for Rick. She sees Rick approach and asks him if she will see him tonight. But Rick never makes uh, plans too far ahead.
1: Yep. Yeah, doesn't drink with customers.
0: Yeah. Even asks for another drink, but Rick says she's had enough, and he orders Sasha to take her home.
1: Yeah, he grabs her by the arm and is like, you've had enough.
0: Then go home.
1: Yeah, get out of here.
0: Yep. Outside of the cafe, Rick meets with Renault on the patio. And Renault makes a rude comment about Eva, and He was like, oh, I, I could catch her on the rebound.
1: Mm.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, he's much more of a philanderer and womanizer than Rick is. Yes. And this is also the scene where we find out that Rick's Cafe is right next to an airport. hmm Which seems like a bad location for a bar. The <laughs> constant noise and engines. and But we never hear any of that. This is the only scene where it's ever referenced. Yeah. How close it is to the airport. Yeah. Because they're sitting facing a runway and they, a plane is taking off and it's just driving straight towards them and then goes over them as they're sitting on this patio.
0: I guess it's also, like, it's a cafe. In the synopsis that I read, it's described as a nightclub, so it might have been that the the airport is not that much of a, of a trouble or an inconvenience because there might be less yeah, planes, planes taking off at night. That makes sense. So.
1: And this is where we get the, the line that I remembered from a teenager.
0: Exactly. They see a plane departing, and Renault asks Rick if he would like to be on it. Why? What's in Lisbon? The Clipper to America? Says Renault. And this leads to their first conversation about Rick's mysterious identity. Renault says, I've often speculated about why you don't return to America. Did you abscond the church's fund? Did you run off with a senator's wife? I like to think that you killed a man. It's the romantic in me.
1: Yeah, Renault has him... He has him pegged from the beginning of... He never buys into the the gruff exterior that Rick's trying to present. He knows, you're like, you're just a big softie and you're not fooling me. You fool everyone else, but I yeah. know what's really going on. He
0: knows there's more to it. Yeah. Uh, and he, I was saying he's got a little bit of a, of a grin on his face as he's asking the questions. Yeah, because
1: they're both men who are putting up a... Who are playing a character for other people, so...
0: Yeah. But... That's one thing that I was asking, that I was asking myself about. Is like they play a character for other people, but they could really just be honest with each other. They uh, there's nothing really to, to hide. They both, apart from not knowing the reason why uh, Rake can't return to America, they know exactly who each other is. Like Renault knows about the gambling in the cafe. Rake knows about Renault's corruption, so there's no reason for them to really have to put a face on for each other.
1: Gotta stay in practice.
0: I guess. And he's like, Which one is it? Come on, tell me. And Rake says, A combination of all three. What brought you to Casablanca? asks Renault. My health. (laughs) I came uh, to Casablanca for the waters, says Rake. What waters? We're in the desert, dipshit.
1: Rick's complete refusal to uh, reveal anything about himself only drives Renault's curiosity more.
0: Yeah, uh, they go back inside because someone's won twenty thousand francs, and Rick needs to get the money from the safe.
1: And the the worker who informs Rick of this is apologizing profusely. He's people so
0: aren't... yeah
1: rick is not bothered at all but he's no like, i'm so sorry this will never happen again he's so
0: embarrassed yep. oh that's a, another fun fact though so this uh the, per, the person who comes and warns him somebody's won twenty thousand francs his name is emile he's what we call a croupier. i don't know whether what, the, what uh, the word is for for that in, in english like the dealer but he's also at the like blackjack tables or like the one that has their roulette i don't know what you would you call the, the bir- dealer, dealer. Him and the actress who plays Yvonne, they were actually married and they both had to escape uh, France as well huh. to escape the the Nazis and the, the Gestapo. As they walk, Renault informs Rick that there's going to be a bit of excitement here tonight because there's going to be an arrest of a murderer and he's asking Rick not to warn the murderer. And Rick replies, I stick my neck out for nobody. Yep. Uh, They could have made the arrest at Ferrari's Cafe, but it will amuse Rick's customers, so they're doing it here.
1: Good for business.
0: Yeah, good for business. And there are officers covering all exits. Then uh, Major Strasser from the Third Reich will be here, too.
1: Oh, and by the way, Nazis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By, By the way, Nazis are coming. Rick knows that Renault is up to something. And Renault tells him that he knows exit visas are being sold in his cafe, but he also knows Rick himself has never sold one. And that's why he allows the cafe to be open. I thought it was because I let you in at the roulette, (laughs) says Rick. That's another reason, replies Renault. Uh, He then informs Rick that a man arrived today in Casablanca and will offer a fortune for an exit visa to America. That man's name is Victor Laszlo. Rick's face changes a little bit and he seems impressed or intrigued. Uh, Laszlo has already impressed half the world by uh, escaping the ca- concentration camps, and Renault is here to make sure that he never leaves Casablanca.
1: Yeah, he's some sort of non specific uh, political leader.
0: Yes, he's a leader of the underground.
1: Yeah, something so. something resistance. They never go into too much detail.
0: Yeah, they just call it the underground movement. They never call it the the resistance or anything. He's so. the
1: the head of the rebels.
0: <laughs> Rick is ready to bet twenty thousand francs that Laszlo will manage to escape Casablanca, and Renault says, well oh, "Make it ten. I'm only a poor corrupt official." Uh, we then learn that Laszlo is traveling with a beautiful lady and Renault suspects Rick could help them because he thinks that Rick is a sentimentalist at heart. He proceeds to let Rick in on the details. He knows about his, uh, his own past. He knows that Rick uh, ran guns to Ethiopia in 1935, and that in 1936 he fought in Spain on the loyalist side. Uh, we then see French, Italian, and Moroccan Police officers arrive in the cafe. Strasser is there as well, and the officers approach Agarte as he tries to escape. A few shot, uh, a few gunshots are exchanged, but Agarte is surrounded and he's taken away.
1: Yep. And as they surround him, he says, Rick, help, help,
0: help, Rick. <laughs>
1: and Rick uh, stands by unmoved.
0: Yeah, I mean, what could he do at that point? The, there's police everywhere. There's there's nothing he he can do uh, to help Ugarte escape. Yep, and like he said, he sticks his neck out for nobody. Yep. Renault then formally introduces Rick to Strasser, who inquires about Rick's nationality. To which Rick responds, "I'm a drunkard."
1: Mm. That's when he pulls out the little booklet and says, "We know everything about you." Yeah, and then he. Uh, Rick takes the the booklet and looks at all the the information they have on him and says, "Are my eyes really brown?"
0: <laughs> I like that line. Yeah, I like that line.
1: Yeah, he never, never intimidated for a second. Never bows or scrapes or uh, plays into their ego like all the other people do. He just thumbs his nose at them and just does not care at all. It's yeah. great.
0: I mean, I, you know, that's kind of the best strategy in that situation. Like, even if you're scared that you're going to be caught by by the Nazis in this case, like, don't let them know you're scared. Yep. Because if you know anybody, if you let anybody know you're scared, that shows that you have something to hide, right?
1: Blood in the water.
0: Yeah. Tracer uh, tells him that they have a complete dossier on him, and he warns him against helping Laszlo. Rake assures him that his only business is running the cafe. Cut to the entrance of the upset ca- cafe, and uh, we see a young man and a beautiful woman arrive. I reserve the table. Victor Laszlo, mm. says the man. What timing? He's wearing like a, he's very tall. He's wearing a, a beige suit. And, and got a
1: little scar over one eye. Yeah,
0: over his right eye. And the lady with him is wearing a white suit. She's got like a a white uh, skirt and a a blazer over it. They walk by Sam, who seems to recognize the lady. At their table, a man approaches Laszlo under the pretense of needing to sell a ring.
1: Recognizes her and is not happy about it.
0: Yeah, his expression definitely changes. He looks concerned, a little bit scared or sad. Yeah
1: this is not good news
0: yeah it looks like trouble is coming yeah somebody approaches laszlo under pretence of needing to sell a ring and at first laszlo is not interested but then the man opens the ring and it has a cross inside and there was no explanation about that in the fun facts and trivia uh, but i assume that it's one of the symbols of their underground movement yeah
1: it's got to be some sort of secret handshake kind of thing
0: yeah yeah, so that prompts Laszlo's interest. The man says he's a, a Norwegian and he's at his service. But then the young lady gives Laszlo a signal because Renault is approaching. So she sees police yep. and come in and is like, uh, Trump, to, to shut up. Uh, so Laszlo sends uh, the other guy away and tells him that he'll find him later at the bar. Renault introduces himself. Laszlo introduces his lady companion as Isla Lund then inquires about sam she says i I can recognize him the piano player i recognize him from somewhere and renault tells him that he came from paris with rick rick who's rick Um, and renault answers that he's the kind of man that women fall in love with
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah wounded broken yeah they can heal him
0: yeah Strasser then joins the conversation, and Laszlo reminds him that uh, reminds Strasser that he is a Czechoslovakian citizen, and he's on French soil, so Strasser doesn't have any authority over him.
1: Yep. The constant ten- tension between what the Germans are trying to exert and what they can't exert in that place. Yeah. You don't have as much power here as you think?
0: Yeah, that's technically unoccupied france
1: so yeah you're not in germany right now
0: but that yeah that's the the controversy here is that it's unoccupied france but it's under the regime of the vichy government which was collaborating with the germans yeah. so that's their
1: allies but they're trying to act like they're rulers
0: yeah that's a mess laszlo and ilsa are then invited to check in at the police station tomorrow morning Uh, to talk about their presence in Casablanca and the troubles they are already causing. Laszlo then goes to the bar, and he sees the Norwegian, uh, whose name is Berger, who tells him that Ugarte was arrested tonight, so he can't do anything for him. Um, We then shift back to Ilsa, who asks for Sam to come over next to her table. Sam starts playing music, and Ilsa inquires about Rick. Uh, Sam tells her, he's not here. He left already. He's got a girl on the Blue Parrot. And Ilsa tells him that he used to be a better liar. So yep. we know immediately that they were friends. Like, they have this shorthand together for yeah, communicating. Yeah, with each other. Yeah. And Sam turns to him, and he, he seems really sad and concerned. He says, like, leave him alone. Yep. You're bad luck to him.
1: bad news. You're, exactly, Nothing you're bad news. Nothing good is going to come of this.
0: Uh, she then asks him to play the song as time goes by, and we get a close-up of her face getting sad. It's... And
1: Sam refuses at first and tries to claim that he doesn't remember it.
0: Yeah, he's like, I'm a little rusty. Yep. She's like, I'll hum it for you. Rick interrupts the song, and he says, Sam, I thought I told you never to play
1: yeah the forbidden music sam god damn it
0: which originally that line was supposed to be what the fuck are you playing or what the heck are you playing and it was vetoed by the uh the brain production company or the the brain office in hollywood which was the censorship company
1: there's people who get shot in this movie
0: (laughs) we never see any blood though yeah so there's a
1: loud noise and people fall over who can say what happened to them
0: (laughs) yeah but Sam, uh, not not Sam. Rick stops himself in the middle of his sentence because he then sees Elsa at yep. the table. Uh, the tension between them is really, really palpable, and it's clear uh, from the very first time that they're on screen together that they loved each other, but in a in a different life.
1: Yep, they have a history.
0: Yeah. Then Renault and Laszlo come back to the table, and Renault informs them that there's a curfew and they have to leave. Mm. And we're still at nighttime, lights out, and Rick is drinking on his own in the cafe.
1: Yeah, this is a great scene where it's all in shadow. And there's almost like some sort of lighthouse effect where light keeps crossing yeah and then leaving and then crossing the room again so it'll briefly illuminate rick and then leave him in shadow and then briefly illuminate him and
0: yeah there's got to be some sort of building Uh, we see that uh, a couple times during the the night scenes where there's a light going around you know because they have a curfew they're checking for people who might be in the streets yeah uh, Sam enters the room and tries to convince Rick to get away from Casablanca because there is nothing but trouble for him here. But Rick responds that he knows she's coming back. It's December 1941, Casablanca. What time is it in America?
1: Yeah, he, Sam's really insistent. We can go anywhere and have a night on the town and drink together and have fun. Yeah. And then he tells Sam to go home and Sam refuses and says, no, if you're not going anywhere, I'm going to sit here with you.
0: Yeah. I like Sam. He's a a loyal character. He definitely shows that he cares for Rick.
1: Yeah, genuine friendship.
0: Yeah, genuine friendship. I like that. Yeah, Rick says, "Uh, what time is it in America? I don't know. My watch stopped, says Sam. I bet they're asleep all over America. And then he says, of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Yep. And then he pounds his fist on the table. Uh, Then he grabs his face and uh, Sam asks and asks Sam to play uh, the same song that Ilsa asked for as time goes by. Then we get a close-up of Rick's face and the smoke uh, turns into a blurry screen, transporting the audience to the Arc de Triomphe in Paris with a montage of rick and ilsa in a car first and then on the sand and then drinking champagne together
1: yeah this is the f- I think the first transition we've had with screen yeah like blurs and wobbles like that yeah. when we're going into a flashback yeah we're dissolving into the past it was yeah. really
0: nice it was really well done i thought yeah for, for the time, I thought it was it was a really good transition. I like that it had the, the smoke at first also. Like, it, it really looks like it's the smoke turning into uh, a blur.
1: Yeah, a very intentional, we are moving backwards into the past.
0: Yep. Rick is asking her questions like, who are you really? And who were you before? And wh- what did you think? And... Um. Uh-
1: Rick, rick looks so much younger and happier in this flashback
0: oh yeah they did
1: a really good job of he, he's not you can tell when when he's in casablanca he's just beaten down and miserable and here he's he's chipper and happy and uh, he's wearing a like more colorful clothing even yes like he seems like a different person.
0: Yeah, the the expressions on his face are a uh, much lighter. He's smiling, his eyes are bright. Definitely a much happier mood. But then Ilsa says, "We said no questions." So he doesn't yep. doesn't stick to it.
1: This is a, a a fresh relationship.
0: Yeah. They cling their glasses and Rick delivers that line, "Here's looking at you, kid." Yep. Uh, We see them dancing, and then back in a hotel room or in an apartment, and he asks her how come he's so lucky to have found her. She tells him there used to be another man in her life, but he's dead now, and they smooch. Dramatic music, and the Germans are seen invading France.
1: Yeah, they have a little propaganda truck. (laughs) That they will up and just start screaming out of the speakers.
0: I wonder if those were actual images of the Germans arriving in France. Because there was a, a poor quality to those images. Like it, it looked more like something that, something that was shot by just a, an individual. Not something that was shot for the movie. It looked more like homemade film of the Germans arriving.
1: We suddenly got the, the Zapruder film <laughs> dropped into the middle of this movie. Yeah, they probably couldn't get their own footage from <laughs> from Paris and Germany, so
0: yeah, yeah, because they had yeah they were probably they well they didn't shoot uh, in in France or anything or they didn't, most of the the movie was shot in uh, California the uh, in the studios but we then hear a German radio announcer speaking in, in French and he says I quote in French first ici Stuttgart, Allemagne. Français, Parisiens, les troupes françaises ont abandonné leur position. Les Allemands seront demain dans la capitale. Which says from Stuttgart, Germany, to the French and the Parisians, the French army has given up its ground. The Germans will be in the capital tomorrow. Cut to a cafe named La Belle Aurore, which translates to The Beautiful Dawn. Uh, with Sam singing As time goes by yeah. again. And Rick is getting champagne as he reunites with Isla on screen. Sam is uh, singing the lyric, the world will always welcome lovers. I love that. I hadn't noticed the combination of the two of them being on screen and then that lyric being sung as, as we see them uh, in the cafe. Yeah. Uh, I uh, only noticed it really when re- I was rewatching for the synopsis. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, and then rick serves them serves all three of them some champagne because he says we gotta finish this one and then three more because the bartender says he'd rather he'd rather water his garden with a champagne than giving it to the germans (laughs) we hear cannons and bombs that are getting closer to paris and they must leave Rick says that the train to Marseille lives at 5 o'clock and he'll pick Isla at her hotel at 4.30. But she says she'll meet him at the train station. She's got stuff to do uh, beforehand.
1: And people always meet other people at train stations in movies when they say they're going to.
0: Right. Right. He says, why don't we get married in Marseille? But then she says, that's too far ahead to plan. Which brings us back to him saying, oh, I don't make plans too far ahead yeah. earlier with Yvonne she asks him to to kiss her as if it's the last time and then we fade yeah he
1: yeah. he tries to to push the marriage a few more times with saying oh we can get married immediately on the on the train we could do it and she's clearly not into it at that point and yeah, yeah. And, then, and then the kiss me like it's the last time like yeah she's she's clearly forecasting doom and he's just not picking up on it no at all
0: no he yeah he says oh the we can ask the the conductor or uh, maybe not the conductor but uh he could do it like a captain on the boat can do it so why couldn't he do it on yeah. the train and yeah she has those lines where if i remember well she says like if you know if we were to be apart just remember remember how much i loved you and yeah
1: yeah she's clearly trying to end things and he's just not he's oblivious to it
0: yeah kiss me like it's the last time and then we fade to the a rainy train station uh with rake wearing a like typical noir film trench, trench coat and fedora <laughs> and fedora,
1: yeah, rain pouring off his fedora
0: yeah i like rainy scenes i yeah. like when there's rain in movies very
1: melodramatic and appropriate yeah. we have reached peak noir
0: Sam arrives, and he gives Rick a letter he found in Ilsa's hotel room, which says...
1: Sam was out looking for Elsa. Yeah. When he first walks up, and goes, she's not coming. She's not coming. I couldn't find her anywhere, but I found this note.
0: Yep. And the note says, Richard, I cannot go with you or ever see you again. You must go. You must not ask why. Just believe that I love you. Go, my darling, and God bless you. Ilsa. I completely butchered this. Uh, as the rain continues to come down, the water washes the ink away. That was another great visual. I like uh, seeing we get a, a close up of yeah. the handwriting and then the water coming Drinking down on down it. And,
1: yeah, washing all the ink away.
0: Yeah.
1: Shame they had to destroy that prop. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would it would be great to to see it. it would, I would love here's, to know if she actually wrote it.
1: Here's the blank piece of paper that used to be the, the note from Casablanca.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then Rick and Sam get on the train, and they leave Paris. And Rick looks devastated. Yeah, he's he's leaning on the train. His face is completely changing in an instant.
1: Yeah, this is the the moment his heart broke and. It's still broken all this time later.
0: Yeah. Back to present time in Casablanca, and Ilsa enters the cafe. She wants to talk to Rick, and Rick doesn't hold any punches in letting her know that she completely broke his heart. Yep. Uh, she then tells him her own story using the third person. She says she came from Oslo to Paris and suddenly met a man she had heard about her entire life she looked up to him and worshipped him and fell in love rick says he's heard the story many times before and asks her who she left him for but she leaves without answering him yeah next day at the police station he's
1: very very confrontational with her he's yeah angry and not holding back there's no attempt at a reconciliation or please take me back or anything like that it's just very accusatory
0: which is weird because when sam first comes to him in that in that scene uh he tells him i know she's coming back so you would expect him to just be waiting for her and be ready to just and to leave with her no questions asked but yeah, yeah he's very very angry he has a lot of resentment and wants they're they're no longer in the no questions asked anymore he demands answers yeah it's
1: it's a very look what you did to me kind of feeling
0: and she tells him multiple times in the movie that she can see the difference she can uh, see who he has become now what what he has become now so
1: he's just this giant bleeding wound
0: Next day at the police station, Strasser and Renault are waiting for Laszlo and Ilsa. Strasser suspects that Ugarte left the papers with Rick and suggests that Renault has the cafe searched thoroughly from top to bottom. Renault comments that Rick would never leave the papers there because it would be too easy to find them, but Strasser replies that Rick is probably just another dumb American. To which Renault responds that he should not underestimate dumb Americans. After all, he himself saw what they were capable of when they marched into Berlin in 1918.
1: <laughs> they might be dumb, but there's a lot of them.
0: Yeah, and his just like, he straightens up on his chair and he looks straight across to, to Renault like, you did not need to remind me of this. How dare you? Uh, this is just one of, I wrote this is just one of many examples when Renault subtly puts Strasser in his place. Laszlo and Ilsa arrive at the police station and Strasser makes uh, himself very clear. It is his duty to see that uh, Laszlo remains in Casablanca and since Casablanca is under French authority, Renault's signature is required on every exit visa. Renault confirms that he will not provide such signature for them, and Strasser then tries to make a deal. They can leave under one condition. If Laszlo gives him the names and whereabouts of the leaders of the underground movements in Paris, Prague, Brussels, Amsterdam, Oslo, Belgrade, Athens, and Berlin. If he can provide that list he can have a visa tomorrow
1: you only have to betray everyone
0: yeah you only have to give up all your friends and yeah.
1: stab all your friends in the back burn all the bridges you've ever crossed
0: yeah and then lazo says you know even if i gave you all these people there would be thousands more that would rise and i don't think the german i don't think the the, the Germans i, I think yes. he even says the nazis i don't think the nazis can kill that fast
1: laszlo says cut off one head and two take its place hail hydra
0: (laughs) (laughs) he says uh laszlo's response is if i didn't give them to you in a concentration camp where you had more persuasive methods than you do now i certainly won't give them to you now
1: yeah that was surprising that this movie mentioned concentration camps although it did not specify that they were rounding up jews in them it was just general
0: I mean, it's assumed also that their concentration camps were mostly for Jewish people and for people who participated in the resistance. Yep. So, wh- yep. why were you surprised that they mentioned concentration camps?
1: Because they didn't uh, mention them at all in uh, Mrs. Miniver. Right. So, it was not... It seems more... It's more r- realistic, I guess, look at the war, mm. or, or they're not shying away from the grimmer aspects of it like propaganda does
0: i wonder if it's just also the setting that matters really in mrs miniver we're focusing really on that family not necessarily on the uh on the suffering of others
1: yeah they're more they're more willing to acknowledge the ugliness of what's happening in casablanca
0: yeah 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 i also think like here we get a, a crowd a lot more diverse people who are all coming from different places him he already escaped a, a, a concentration camp and he's trying to continue to escape from Europe so yeah I was I hadn't thought that I didn't think that it was surprising that they, they would mention the concentration camps and then Renault asks Laszlo if Laszlo was looking for Ugarte the night before Laszlo said he'd like to talk to him but Renault informs him that he's dead Actually, he's writing the death report right now, but he can't quite decide if it was a suicide or if Ugarte was uh, shot while trying to escape.
1: Yep, a most unusual suicide. He shot himself in the back of the head (laughs) twice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's really the moment where he, where he shows his cards here too. When Renault shows him that how corrupt he is, he's not here to he's not here to play nice he's only going to be doing what is convenient for him yeah
1: he he blows with the wind he's not going he doesn't necessarily like the germans but he's also not going to stick his neck out and do anything against yeah. them either yeah his hands are tied
0: He he's Renault is like one of those officials that just does
1: i'm just only, following orders
0: he only does the things that can benefit him yep that can benefit his career and and make him as much money as uh, as he can.
1: Yeah, his primary motivation is his own survival.
0: Yeah, yeah. Next, we see Rick meeting uh, meeting up with Ferrari in uh, the Blue Parrot. Ferrari assumes that Rick has the letters of transit and tries to make a deal with him so that they could both uh, get rich with those letters of transit.
1: Yeah, he doesn't even ask. He's just, uh, I assume you have the papers. So here's here's my uh proposal for a deal
0: yeah rick uh cuts the conversation short when he sees laszlo and ilsa outside and laszlo's heading inside the blue parrot outside rick apologizes to ilsa for how drunk he was the night before
1: she's at this table uh, looking at uh, cloth a merchant is selling and when rick comes up the merchant goes He was selling it for, what, like 700 francs? 700
0: francs. And then
1: when Rick comes up, he goes, oh, a friend of Rick, a special price for a friend of Rick. And he already has a placard with a lower price on it and just puts it in place.
0: And he goes from 700 to 200 and then he even goes down to 100.
1: Yeah, and they completely ignore him the whole time. They're not responding (laughs) to him at all. And he just keeps lowering the price, still trying to sell. Oh, a special friend of Rick, even lower price. (laughs) Yeah. And they just continue on and they, they never even acknowledge him.
0: No she she does say a couple of times it's not very distinct but she said uh, she says she's not interested she's just looking at it but
1: the fact that he has those like lower pli- price placards are pre-made already
0: <laughs> well that's common practice in the souks also like oh, yeah, they I'm don't sure. they don't like
1: you're supposed to haggle
0: yeah, you're supposed to bargain. You're supposed to, uh, to sort of dispute the price. And, and, and people, that's the, the culture, the, that's the customs of, a, of the souk. Is like, if you go to the souks and you, you're ready uh, to pay full price, they don't like it. You're supposed to, to come and then try to, to bargain for it. Yeah, for you're supposed it, to so. say,
1: this piece of garbage isn't worth even half that. How yeah. dare you? I'm insulted. And then carry on.
0: That's yep. part, of, part of the, the local customs.
1: I have a business to run. I have children to feed.
0: <laughs> I remember my parents, when they went to Tunisia and they went to the souks, like my dad loves to uh, to go in for pretty much everything and get a, a lower price than what's originally announced. And yeah, they got so many souvenirs and, and local stuff just because he was there and he was trying to bargain with people at the souks. Yep. He apologizes for how drunk he was the night before and demands that she explain uh, why she left him in Paris. When she doesn't start talking, he says that she'll probably do the same thing to Laszlo someday. But Ilsa responds that Laszlo is her husband. In fact, he was already her husband when she met and loved Rick in Paris. Oops. Close up on Rick's face. In shock. And Ilsa walks into the Blue Parrot, where Ferrari says that a possible option for now would just be for Ilsa to go on her own, and that Laszlo stays behind while he tries to to find a a way uh, to leave, but they refuse. Ferrari ends up telling them that he suspects that Rick has the letters of transit, and they leave. Nighttime again, and we're back at Rick's Cafe. Strasser and Renault are drinking and discussing the fact that letting Laszlo go is is as dangerous as letting him stay in Casablanca. A young lady from Bulgaria approaches Rick and asks if she can trust Captain Renault. Her and her husband are trying to make it to America, but they don't have any money. She very subtly hints at the fact that she slept with Renault in exchange for the exit visa but uh, I didn't catch that. You didn't catch that? No, what did she say? She says she says imagine if, if someone loved you She's talking to Rey. Imagine if uh, a woman loved you and she did a very terrible thing and
1: okay, that makes that gives this scene purpose. She's supposed to be a reflection of Elsa. Okay. Yeah, I did not understand what the point of the scene exactly.
0: was. Exactly, she yeah. did. She did a very a terrible thing only to protect you and to make sure that uh, to ensure your own happiness. And I hadn't caught that before, but when Elsa and Laszlo. Uh, leave the police station that morning there's another french officer who comes in renault's office and says she's here she and she's on her own and renault looks at him uh, looks at himself in the mirror and he's straightening his tie mm. he's straightening his uniform and yeah i there's so many like little hints like this that don't lead um to uh, to anything in the moment but when you think back on, on what's happened you mm. understand
1: yep, meticulously plotted and detailed yeah yeah, this, that makes so much more sense now because this scene without that detail felt really out of place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but then she, yeah, she asks if she can trust Captain Renault. She says that her and her husband are trying to go to Lisbon and in America, but they don't have much money. And then Renault, she says that Renault still hasn't come through. Like she she slept with him and then yep. uh, he still hasn't come through with the visa. Uh, in the gambling room, Rake helps her husband make the money that they need to pay her now.
1: Yeah, at first so, he tells her he can't help her. Yeah,
0: he says go back to Bulgaria, you'll be better off.
1: And then he immediately goes into the gambling hall, and her husband yeah. is sitting there playing roulette. And he yeah, says, you should try putting it on twenty two. <laughs> he
0: repeats it like multiple yeah. times. Twenty two two. <laughs> And then it's Laszlo's turn to plead with Rick. He tries to appeal to him by reminding him of his past, always fighting on the side of the underdogs. He offers Rick 100,000 francs, then 200,000 francs for the letters of transit, but Rick refuses. And he says, there must be some reason why you won't let me have them. There is. I suggest you ask your wife, replies Rick. Outside of Rick's office, the German soldiers are singing Die Wacht am Rhein, The Watch over the Rhine, which is one of the German national anthems.
1: They have multiple?
0: Yeah, there's an official one, and then this one was used uh, for a period of time.
1: Is this the, the wartime anthem?
0: I guess well there's another reason is that uh, I read today while looking for information that they couldn't use the actual uh, German national anthem because there there were some laws about using foreign music and because France is an enemy of the of uh, was an enemy of Germany at the time they had some special not copyright but you know money that you have to pay uh, when you want to uh, when you want to play uh, somebody yeah. else's music for it. so they couldn't get the rights to the German national anthem for the, the movie so they played another one that wasn't under copyright for that Outrage! Laszlo asks the musician to play the Marseillaise, and other customers uh, join him in singing, and they overpower the Germans. Yep, they have
1: an anthem fight. Yeah, and then there's more people singing the French one than the German one, so the German one slowly get quieter and quieter, and eventually they sit down because they were standing.
0: Yeah, we see...
1: overwhelmed by patriotism.
0: <laughs> we see yvonne shedding tears yeah, while she's singing,
1: despite the fact that. She had been at the bar with a Nazi officer. Yes. Or after yes. being rejected by Rick, she went over to the German side. But now this anthem is enough to, to sway her back to her. Well, m-
0: then somebody calls her out on being with a German soldier. Yep. He's like, he tells her, well, you're not French. You're, what a French woman you are uh, going with the Germans.
1: Yeah. And then she's singing the the anthem with tears rolling yeah. down her face.
0: Yes. Which also, it makes a lot of sense when you know that she herself had to flee the occupied zone because yep. the lyrics that she's singing when it's when we get the close up of her face she's say, singing the the lyrics that says entendez-vous dans nos campagnes mesurer ces féroces soldats qui viennent jusque dans nos bras égorer nos fils et nos compagnes which translates roughly to do you hear do you hear these ferocious soldiers who uh, come and uh, come and take our sons and our wives from our arms. So she herself had to escape her home country, be kind of like snatched from her own country uh, to, to escape the the Nazis. And she's singing those those lyrics. Yep,
1: Genuine feeling, caught on film.
0: Yeah. And then we see Laszlo sing, «Aux armes citoyens ». Formez vos bataillons. and he's he's gotta he's making a fist in front of himself
1: yeah it's a very it's a very ag- aggressive rendition of the anthem
0: yeah and i'm honestly i'm not gonna lie i got goosebumps every time i've watched the scene because they have such conviction everybody in the scene has a, a lot of conviction and is expressing a lot of emotions also. And it makes a lot of sense uh, as well because I found out that most of the extras in the scene were refugees themselves. So there was a, a lot of genuine emotion. People crying because they were singing the nation- the French national anthem and winning against the German anthem. Yeah. So that was it was a it was a really emotional really brilliant scene and i've watched the movie at this point three times and every time i get goosebumps
1: yeah uh, a unique unique moment in history yeah captured on film uh, this yeah. the genuine outpouring of emotion due to it being filmed while the war was still going on
0: yeah even i wrote in my <laughs> i wrote it in my notes here i'm not super patriotic and uh, patriotic but fuck the nazis <laughs> Then Strasser complains to Renault Laszlo singing the French national anthem is just the beginning of the troubles that he can cause in Casablanca. Therefore the cafe needs to be shut down.
1: They do not have a permit for this much patriotism. Shut it down, <laughs> shut it all
0: down. <laughs> shut, it, shut it all down. And Renault says he's closing it because he said, Well, I don't have an excuse to, to shut it down, for a and uh, Strasser is like, Find one. So Renault says he's closing it because he's shocked shocked to find that there's gambling going on at what point the croupier Emile comes towards him and gives him his winnings for the night
1: yep i am shocked to find that there's gambling happening and then yes. here's your winnings for and he's just oh thank you and he doesn't even try to hide it he just takes them and holds them in his hand while he's shutting them down for gambling <laughs> yeah his his complete shamelessness and his corruption is very endearing yes he he just has this like mischievousness to him where like he knows and you know and he knows that you know but you know it's all it's all a fun game yep. there's always a wink and a smile in it
0: i like it yep. uh, everybody leaves the cafe and strasher takes the opportunity uh, of this small chaos to threaten ilsa he tells her that it's not safe for lazlo to stay in casablanca and that his options are very few he can return to occupied France. Or the French might put him in a concentration camp in Casablanca. Or the last option is death. His he wor- could always in- just die. Yeah, his own words uh, are, you might have noticed that in Casablanca, human life is cheap. Which was very bleak. Uh, like I know we're still dealing with a Nazi. We're still uh, dealing with uh, concentration camps and all that. But just calling human life cheap... Yeah. I don't know. There's something, uh, uh, something a, about it that just rubbed me the uh, the wrong way, mm-hmm. and it's still staying with me.
1: People die every day.
0: Yeah. We then see Ilsa and Laszlo return to their hotel, but Laszlo must go back, uh, must go back out for an underground meeting. But before he leaves, he asks about. She asks about his conversation with Rick, and Laszlo reveals that Rick has the letters, but he has no intention to sell them, and that the only answer he gave was to ask Elsa. Is there anything you wish to tell me? asks Laszlo. No, Victor, there isn't. She sure replies. And then Victor leaves for the meeting, and she also leaves. Back at the cafe, Rick is talking to his head waiter, Carl, about how long they can afford to stay closed. As they part, Rick goes up to his office where he finds Ilsa waiting for him.
1: And he says that uh, despite the fact that they are closed, he will be still providing full salary to all the employees yes. while they're closed. Yeah. Heart of gold.
0: Yeah. yeah. Carl says, like, oh, yeah, we can stay closed for like three weeks. And yeah, everybody stays on salary and Carl makes a joke. He was like, oh, that's good because it's either Sasha, the bartender, owes him money or he owes money to Sasha. Yeah, their debts (laughs) to be paid. Yeah. He finds Ilsa waiting for him in his office. She tries to appeal to him by reminding him that Laszlo's cause was also his cause. Rick's response, I'm the only cause I'm interested in. Which kind of uh, goes back to what you were saying earlier about Renault as well, is that they, they're they both just looking out for themselves.
1: Yeah, but Rick doesn't want to be that way. Rick yeah. is a disappointed idealist. Yeah. I think Renault is just a cynic at heart. Yeah. Which is the for actual... for
0: Rick, it's more a matter of his own safety. And for Renault, it's a matter of you know making money and advancing his career
1: yeah and surviving
0: and surviving yeah
1: blowing yeah always siding with the winner
0: there's a little bit more talking which still doesn't work so she gets a, a gun out
1: yeah it's a very uh, noir moment where the camera turns where, and just all of a sudden she's it's the shot is just from uh like the lower part of her body and she's just yeah. holding a gun at her hip yeah pointed right at him. all of a sudden there's a gun pulling a yancey yep. <laughs>
0: with the gun at her hip
1: sudden um, appearances of guns
0: but somehow it doesn't phase Rick, who says, go ahead and shoot. You'll be doing me a favor. Yeah,
1: he just walks right up to it. So the barrel of the gun is resting right on his chest. And yeah. Just, yeah. Do it. Just pull the trigger.
0: <laughs> yeah. Pull the trigger. Reach my heart. You'll, you'll do us both a favor.
1: Which is one of my favorite responses when people pull a gun is just for the other person to go, yeah, do it. I don't care.
0: <laughs> well, that also takes, I feel like that just takes almost the excitement out of the person who's pulling the gun because... The whole point of pulling a gun on on someone is to make them scared. If the person's not scared, then you haven't achieved anything.
1: Yeah, you're trying to shift the balance of power in your favor by pulling the gun. And then they immediately just shift it back by saying, Yeah, I don't care that you have a gun.
0: Yeah. She then professes her love for him and they smooch. Ilsa then finally gets a chance to explain what happened. Not long after she and Laszlo got married... Laszlo was arrested in Czechoslovakia and sent to the concentration camp. She eventually received a note saying that he had been shot while trying to escape the camp and that he was dead. And then on the day she and Rick were supposed to leave Paris, a friend told her that Victor was actually alive and waiting for her outside of Paris.
1: Oops. My bad. Elsa reveals herself as one of the worst female characters in all of cinema history having cheated on her husband while he's in a concentration camp.
0: (laughs) And originally, okay. So the story was a little different originally because again, by the motion picture production code, production code, a woman couldn't be depicted as cheating on her husband. So they had to add the detail about the fact that she thought that he was dead, which made it okay then to be with Rick and,
1: God, the mental uh, gymnastics.
0: The yeah, the mental gymnastics that they're willing to uh, to uh, do just to make it okay. It just but it's more it's like, ridiculous. It's
1: morally like acceptable if they don't know they're doing a bad thing. So yeah. if you put a blindfold on before you shoot someone, that's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> put a blindfold on and shoot into a crowd.
0: Yeah, because you know women are not allowed to have affairs.
1: We can't let the people know that people are people. Think of the chaos.
0: She asks Rick to help Laszlo leave Casablanca, and she says, I ran away from you once. I can't do it again. Uh, And at that point, Carl and Laszlo are running in the street, hiding from the germans and they get into rick's cafe they're coming back from the underground meeting
1: yeah carl went there too and he said something about it to rick when he leaves and rick's tells him like i don't want to yeah, know yeah where don't you... tell me where you're going yeah i didn't hear that shut up
0: it, the actor who plays carl is was also german and had also escaped nazi germany um, rick asks the carl... only
1: one who's not a fugitive in this movie is sam's piano
0: <laughs> 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 yep And then Rick asks Carl to take Ilsa back to her hotel without Laszlo knowing that she was even in the cafe. Laszlo tells Rick that he knows about him and Ilsa and asks him to use the letters of transit to protect Ilsa. They are interrupted by the police who have a warrant for Laszlo's arrest. Next scene Rick pays a visit to Renault at the police station and admits that he has the letters of transit and he intends to use them for him and Ilsa. He insists that Renault release Laszlo so that he can catch so that he can then catch him at Rick's cafe when he tries to buy the letters of transit and that will give him grounds to arrest Laszlo and put him in a concentration camp.
1: Yep, setting up uh, Laszlo to be framed yeah he's gonna steal his wife and frame him and yeah tie up all the loose ends and get out of casablanca
0: and that would also uh, very much benefit Renault's carrier so uh, everybody wins right
1: capturing yes a a prominent rebel
0: everybody wins except laszlo
1: yep now we're not laszlo so who cares
0: (laughs) next scene is uh rick sells his cafe to ferrari and make sure that sam gets the same deal that he gave him, which is 25% of the profit.
1: Yeah, his conditions were that he keep all the same employees yeah. and that Sam gets his usual salary.
0: Yeah, well, he says, okay, Sam gets 25% of the profit. Ferrari uh, uh, says, well, I happen to know that he only gets 10, but he's worth 25, so yeah. <laughs> that's fine. And then it's nighttime again. Renault arrives at Rick's and hides. Ilsa and Laszlo arrive, and Rick gives them the papers. As Renault interrupts them to arrest Laszlo, Rick draws a gun on him. He draws a, a gun on Renault, and orders him to uh, call the airport. But instead, Renault is calling Strasser, and everybody is on the move after that.
1: I think Strasser was just like listening in because he does actually call the airport and tell them to get the the plane ready. I think Strasser.
0: The call that he makes is uh, to is to to, sp- is, uh, to, to the. It goes to. Strasser is still in the police station.
1: He must have actually called the airport though, because the plane is ready when they get there.
0: That's never made. That's never made clear, honestly.
1: I I'm pretty sure that uh, the German officer was just like tapping into their conversation he was having with someone else. He overheard it. He wasn't actually participating in it. But I might be wrong.
0: Yeah, we never know, because we only see Strasser answering the phone. We we never see if somebody else is answering the, the phone or the conversation, so I have no idea. Renault, Rick, Laszlo, and Ilsa arrive at the airport. Rick orders Renault to fill in the letters of transit with Laszlo and Ilsa's names. She tries to protest, but he tells her that whatever happens, they'll always have Paris he's got a job to do and it would be too dangerous for her to stay here
1: yeah he tells her that eventually if she stays in casablanca eventually she'll regret it maybe yeah. not today maybe not tomorrow but eventually you'll regret it
0: yeah and he tells her that the the troubles of three little people uh, don't matter compared to uh an entire you know an entire population yeah, to the rest of the world you'll
1: see someday that the yeah the trouble of three people don't matter yeah in the grand scheme of things
0: yeah in their last conversation, Laszlo uh, welcomes Rick back to the fight and tells him that now he knows their side will win. There's, I put in my note here another fun fact that there's a version of, not a version of the script, but there were talks amongst the writers with the possibility of having Laszlo die. Mm-hmm. And Rick and Elsa escape together.
1: No. The 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 detective never gets the girl at the end of a noir film. I know. But that, that
0: was one of the options that they considered. Another option was uh, for her to stay in Casablanca with Rick. But the motion picture production code deemed that it was unacceptable for a married woman to leave her husband for another man. So, yeah. The censorship offices just pointing out just (laughs) its finger at every turn
1: limited in their options
0: yep as ilsa and laszlo get on the plane renault tells rick that this is not going to be pleasant and that he'll have to arrest him Strasser arrives and Renault tells him that Laszlo is on the plane departing to Lisbon. Yeah,
1: the plane is already taxiing like on the runway yeah. the point. He's like, Laszlo's in that plane that's taking off.
0: <laughs> Try to do anything about it. Yep. Strasser tries to make a call to ground the plane, but Rick shoots him.
1: Yep, pulls out a gun very suddenly and just unceremoniously, no warning, just black yep. noise and falls over.
0: Another thing, like apparently in the original script, Rick says something like, Okay, Strasser, you asked for it, which was uh, supposed to be, uh, was taken to be sort of a warning. So when Strasser draws his gun, it would have uh, been taken as self defense. And this is uh,
1: the same thing as uh, Greedo shooting first in Star Wars. Yeah.
0: Everything is ridiculous how much censorship there is.
1: The order of who shot who. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Was Uh, it
1: murder or (laughs) self-defense?
0: When other uh, officers arrive, uh, Renault says, Major Strasser has been shot from the usual suspects.
1: Yeah, there's a a tense moment where the other officers come in and it's, uh, is he going to rat out Rick? But then he goes, yeah. uh, the Nazi has been killed. R- round up the suspects as if Rick's not standing there <laughs> holding a gun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he then opens a bottle of Vichy water, but then throws it in the garbage. Renault tells Rick that he needs to disappear. And he offers him a place to hide in a French garrison in a city or a town called Brazzaville. Rick reminds Renault that he now owes him 10,000 francs. And Renault replies, 10,000 francs should pay our expense. Our expenses? Asks Rick. And then he delivers the last line of the movie, one of the most famous lines in cinema history.
1: As they walk off into the mist.
0: Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Which, as it turns out, could have been a very different line altogether because the other option for that line was i quote louis i might have known you'd mix your uh, patriotism with a little larceny (laughs) it doesn't have the same ring to it (laughs) it doesn't have the same ring to it
1: that really clunky and awkward compared to what we went with i'm glad we got the good one i
0: think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship yep the end
1: as they walk off into the mists of noir yeah What a great movie.
0: I loved it. I absolutely, absolutely loved it. It's
1: such a simple plot. It's just...
0: It's really clever, though.
1: Yeah, it's elegant in its simplicity of they're stuck in this place, he has the methods of getting out of the place, and the Nazis don't want them to leave the place. And the stakes are very intimate. It, yeah, it's much more about the the characters than it is the the larger plot
0: well yeah there are still moments when it's about the the larger story when you see for example the young woman who pleads to rick for you know for the money and and all that stuff like you but still see other people's suffering and and their struggle but
1: even that is just supposed to illustrate why he should forgive elsa yeah so yeah the core of that movie is the relationship between those two it's the whole it's what everything revolves around The, the small character driven stakes much more intriguing and gets a hook in you much better than any sort of like world ending nonsense
0: i liked how clever the ending was like you already think that he's going to leave yeah. laszlo behind and then I take for- the opportunity to uh, to leave and escape with ilsa
1: I, I forgot about that bait and switch they did where it seems like he's he has a heel turn and he's gonna be a villain but then it turns out yeah. he, he till the very end he has a heart of gold
0: yeah i also like the pacing of the movie yes. because it like i said the first sequence when we're at the cafe lasts for over 20 minutes and then after that first sequence the the pace uh, kind of picks up and and it's much more rapid when
1: they lay their foundation yeah. they give you all the principal actors like in that first scene we're introduced to rick sam the policeman elsa <laughs> and laszlo yeah and the german you get here's the set everybody here's the set here's all the characters and then go and then you just watch the it all play out
0: yeah i was afraid at first uh, because of how long that sequence was that it was just going to be maybe two or three sequences like this for 20 minutes each but then yeah after after we get the flashback from paris that really the pace really picks up yeah and we move between uh, we move between a, a bunch of different spots, a bunch of different uh, spaces
1: the end, they set up all the fireworks and then the fireworks go off. Yeah. there's no fluff in this movie. There are no scenes of Rick stopping to wind a clock
0: <laughs> yeah
1: in Casablanca.
0: And believe it or not. I like I feel like everything in the movie is essential. Yes. Um, but believe it or not, there was a, a version of the movie that was released in I think in nineteen fifty two in Germany where they didn't want to see anything that had to do with the Nazis. So they cut they ended up cutting twenty five minutes of the movie to what? release an acceptable version. Something that would be acceptable to to East Germany at the time.
1: What is the driving motivation of that plot. If you take out the Nazis, there's no antagonist. Yes. it's just about people getting plane tickets. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but somehow they had to you had to cut 25 minutes of that movie to make it ac- acceptable for uh Germany. Uh, Humphrey at the time.
1: Bogart just has a gun at the end for no reason.
0: <laughs> he doesn't shoot anybody.
1: Yeah. They have to leave Casa, they have to flee Casablanca because he didn't shoot anyone,
0: yeah, that whole duel of the anthem doesn't happen, yeah, it so there's they, no point,
1: yeah, they just gutted the entire movie. What a tragedy
0: there is no point,
1: yeah, everything in this movie the the attention to detail, the incredible lighting, the top tier performances by all the actors. Like everyone in this movie is fantastic.
0: All the tension to me that was built also really in that first sequence when we jump from people to people and seeing them trying to escape or that woman who's trying to sell her diamonds. Yeah. And it's very meticulous and just really builds up attention for the audience. It, it's really well built
1: it is yes so good at uh, introducing you to this unique time and place and letting you know exactly what is happening why it's happening how everyone feels about it yet the tension of all these people trapped in this place they don't want to be everyone trying to escape and then here in the midst of all this is rick who is seemingly above it all but is actually the most wounded of all the people there
0: i know I know. I really also loved all the lighting. Yes. Like like you said, in that scene uh, after the first sequence when everybody leaves, there's a curfew, and then we come back in the cafe, and uh, Rick is drinking.
1: The spotlight.
0: Yeah, the spotlight is beautiful. It just... We see the light coming onto him, you know, every once in a while, but then most of it is just, most of the, the space on the screen is taken by Humphrey Bogart, and then the rest is just empty, empty space It's in the dark.
1: Just sitting, yeah, in the darkness with a bunch of uh, empty bottles in front of him as he drowns his sorrows yeah. and waits for the, the femme fatale to arrive.
0: Drinks and smokes it was beautifully beautifully shot it's one of the first really uh, the first black and white movies that we watched it has a really also a a really good quality uh, for the film it doesn't have any like grainy aspect to it
1: it has been well preserved
0: yes and also the sound is amazing yeah with all the songs that they're using all the music that they're using in the background and and all that it just it's really really well done it has like you said it has been really well preserved but i assume it's not just the preservation like they had to have to uh, have done some like massive technical work also to really capture it really well the first time
1: yeah and the writing is incredible it's sharp it's witty yeah there's no nothing drags on too long Yeah, it doesn't feel like an old movie. It just feels like a movie.
0: Yeah. And definitely a movie that it took me 33 years to watch it. It's definitely a movie that I want to watch and watch again because, like you said, the writing is so good that sometimes if you... If you're not paying attention, you're going to miss a yeah. super interesting line. I missed
1: the the whole point of that uh, scene with the Bulgarian woman, and that's why it, it stood out like such a sore thumb. Because everything else in that movie is so meticulously crafted, it was like, why, why is this thing with seemingly no purpose here? But now that I know yeah. that it was, yeah, it's supposed to make him more sympathetic to Elsa. It makes perfect sense. Yes. Also, it demonstrates the difference between his character and the policeman. Because when he gives the money to her husband. Uh, and the policeman sees that she's leaving. The policeman is upset, and uh, I, you know, I was gonna keep stringing her along, and you know, yeah, because I had a mistress now. But uh, you've let my mistress get away, and yeah. I think he makes some comment about like getting a blonde next time or something.
0: He says, "I'll, I'll be coming with a blonde tomorrow, it would uh, very much please me if she lost, you yeah, know, if she was, if she didn't, uh, uh, if she didn't win tomorrow." So yes, he's the more he can drag this along the more people he can keep in Casablanca yeah. the p-
1: uh, policeman is the genuinely bad person and that's why he can call Rick's bluff because he's bad and he knows Rick isn't actually bad like him
0: yes yeah I wonder you know really what changes also at the end for, uh, for him like he's rid of the Nazis well he's rid of the of Strasser really but it just yeah there's maybe too much suspicion that would come onto him and well, it
1: wouldn't end well you get the feeling through the whole thing that it's not that he enjoys being corrupt it's just it's too much trouble to be righteous he get in too much trouble mm. for it so yeah. he's just doing what's expected of him basically yeah he's just going along with the flow now that uh, that option is no longer available
0: I like the symbolism of him putting the bottle of Vichy water in the trash, though. Which, when we first talked about it, I, I think I was very mistaken about what the Vichy government uh, was, because I thought it, uh, I thought that I remembered that it was the government of the unoccupied zone that was uh, for free France, but was it was a collaborative
1: to, drinking to freedom. But what he's yeah, actually what is he's is
0: actually doing is uh, rejecting the collaborationist government and rejecting the corruption yeah he's
1: following rick's lead yeah rick has taken a stand and so will he the beginning of a beautiful friendship (laughs) the the sequel where they're freedom fighters
0: there were apparently calls for a sequel that, that would was have been terrible uh, yes <laughs> i don't actually want that it actually had a name that it was going to be called brazzaville because that's the place where Renault tells him that he could send him that there's a french garrison there and he could uh, provide shelter for for him there mm. there was a, a name for the sequel but it never was made
1: i'm fine with that i'm
0: fine with that too i feel like this was the the movie was complete uh, i'm not disappointed with the ending there uh it would have been better if bogart or rick could get the the girl at the end but um i'm happy with it
1: yeah it it follows the noir tr- tropes all of them about the you know the broken-hearted miserable well he's not a detective in this but he he's a detective in everything but name mm. right he's got the trench coat and the fedora and he has the He drinks and he smokes and he's got a tragic past. Yeah. And there's the femme fatale and people pulling guns on each other and the political intrigue and the corruption all the way to the top.
0: He was a detective in the Maltese Falcon, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: And then you get... At the end of a noir film, you don't walk off into the sunset. You walk off into the the moon-shrouded mist. (laughs) After letting the, the femme fatale get away, it's
0: everything to me in this movie even the small characters are they feel like they bring something to the movie like Yvonne or yeah, the the croupier or the Bulgarian woman they just they're so there's some very small parts but they all add something to the story it doesn't feel like there's anything that I don't want to call it useless but that's superfluous
1: yeah there's it is this is a a plot that has trimmed away all the fat and everything that is in there is intentional and necessary for what it's doing
0: yeah it was visually stunning even though it's in black and white yeah it And apparently there was, in the restoration process, there was also a color version that was made of that movie. And it it was so controversial that (laughs) I don't think that we could even see it It, today.
1: There has ever been a movie that needed to be in black and white. It is Casablanca. Yes.
0: Yes. It is so beautiful the way it is.
1: It fits the tone so perfectly.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it would be a completely different movie if it was in color
0: it would be shameful to see it in color yeah get okay. it away
1: <laughs> have to dump bleach into my eyes
0: make it disappear
1: i saw casablanca in color and it was the last thing i ever saw because i stabbed out my eyes with an ice pick <laughs> <laughs> uh. So where does it go on your list? Uh,
0: it goes to number one. Yep. After 15 weeks, I'm sorry, but Wings is going to have to take the number two spot.
1: <laughs> it took one of the greatest movies ever made to finally dethrone Wings. But yes. we have accomplished it. Yeah, it's number one on my list as well. Hands down, this is movie is a masterpiece.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: And man, it's it, it re-energized me for... Uh, the podcast project because just mm-hmm. the idea that there's potentially a, a movie that we're going to watch that will be better than Casablanca yeah though that wouldn't be having for quite a while I think it's going to reign as number one for a long long time
0: yes and knowing what's knowing uh you know what's in store I don't know all the movies that are that are uh, coming uh towards us in the on the list but there's there's a couple of movies that I can think that could dethrone Casablanca but yeah there's there's not many there's not many that I could that I I I could think of right now so it's exciting
1: a hard one to beat for sure
0: yeah it's yeah uh, there's technical achievement there's plot uh, it's no nonsense which I like it's just the plot is so tight
1: yep sarcastic he is and yet you it's so apparent that it's all just a front and he's just a a a wounded kid really at the bottom Mm because his it's so relatable and so just raw just the fact that his pain is that he was in love with someone and they betrayed his trust you don't need it to be any more complicated than that like that's enough to to hook the beam emotional hook for this
0: yeah i mean anybody everybody should be able to relate to having had your heart broken by somebody you loved so much and in the face of adversity too because they were both trying to escape there were he was on sort of a, a watch list uh, by with the nazis and he was you know running for his life and all that so in the middle of adversity and troubles he found this beautiful thing and then lost it
1: yeah and every time they're on screen together after that there's the that tension between them yeah the air is almost electric
0: yeah i was shocked today when i saw that the very first scene that they shot was that scene in the cafe in paris because
1: they, already... they
0: they had just met and they had such chemistry. Yeah. They look like a couple in love. They look, they are a perfect depiction of just really tender, blooming love.
1: Yeah. The honeymoon phase. And then yes. the tragedy that it happens before they can be together too long for the honeymoon phase to end. So it becomes this thing enshr- enshrined in his heart i know you yep.
0: they look at that they look at each other just so lovingly and tenderly it, it was beautiful
1: it was perfect until it wasn't
0: i understand why bogart's wife thought <laughs> he was having an affair with her
1: <laughs> yep. and then the whole movie isn't about them getting back together but just repairing the damage in their relationship
0: yeah because i like that line at the end when he says you know we before he says, we'll always have Paris, he said, you know, we had Paris and then we lost it and then we got uh, we got it back yep. over the last couple of days. That was also beautiful to think about and just, yeah, thinking about the damage that had been done to their relationship and repairing it and getting to a place where you can forgive each other and just and still have that
1: love. Yeah, there was uh. such a... An emotional catharsis after they kissed in the upstairs room and then they were finally just able to have an honest conversation about what happened and then instead of this accusatory flinging of accusations and and hurt feelings that it was before yeah very realistic uh, depiction of uh, the emotional arc of a broken relationship
0: i was a little bit mad at the at rick's character when he doesn't let her explain and because it comes back to what we were saying earlier like if only you could communicate together this would go so well and so quickly i don't want to hear your
1: excuses
0: (laughs) but i also i also understand the need to get your feelings out and let the other person know yeah you hurt me on a level that nobody has ever hurt me and that's it's there's also a catharsis in that and being able to let the other person know that this has you affected me so profoundly.
1: Yeah, you don't get to just get away with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sucks because she also has her side of the story and she she was in love with him and she's still in love with him. And there she obviously was hurt that she had to leave him in Paris. So there's... Yeah, I'm going to get that moment to tell you how much you hurt me. But he also doesn't know how much she was hurt. So.
1: A beautiful human story.
0: Yeah. And Bogart is just so like 1000 perfect for this role. Yep. His the way he looks, the way he talks, everything is just on point. He's
1: got the perfect just hang dog miserable face for it where he just there's just a, a darkness to him as a person yeah. that just suits the role so perfectly there's this aura of misery that just hovers around him
0: but he also plays the happiness and being in love in parents just so well yeah like that's why you that's why I was saying he's got such a range of emotions because yeah, when we have the flashback to, uh, to Paris, it's striking to see how different he is. Yep,
1: yeah, the heights of joy to the, the bitterest disappointment. And he embodies them both perfectly.
0: Yeah, uh, That's definitely a movie I'm going to remember for a long time. It made a really big impact on... In, amongst all the movies that, that I, I've watched until this point it, it definitely made an impact
1: yeah Casablanca is a great movie yeah. and I'm glad we got to watch it together
0: yes yeah the oh. next movie is called Going My Way
1: I'm sure it will be just as good
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's about don't know who directed it or we'll have to wait Casablanca
1: but... will be number one for one week <laughs> Fall right off.
0: Yeah, with the title like going my way, that that's a winner right there.
1: That sounds dangerously close to you can't take it with you, and it happened in one night. I don't like these oh, declarative titles.
0: And the uh, How Green Was My Valley. Yeah, yeah I liked it, How it,
1: Green Was My Valley.
0: Yeah, it could have. It, there are things that could have been improved, but it was a good, still a good movie
1: <sighs>
0: overall. Like the '40s so far is a really good de- decade. Yeah,
1: only had one stinker so far. Yeah. hopes
0: yeah now i already want to watch the maltese falcon too i feel like i told you i have not i haven't watched it but i feel like yeah the more i see like stills from the movie i feel like i have watched it and just don't remember the
1: movie it's another very standard noir movie with a a macguffin the titular maltese falcon is the macguffin they're after Mm. valuable piece of art everyone wants it
0: yeah anything else about uh, Casablanca mm,
1: I think that's it
0: how do you feel after your first episode when you didn't do the synopsis
1: I feel like I barely exist
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've taken the spotlight
1: yeah I need to do more work
0: well you'll get back your role next week
1: yep until then thanks everybody for listening
0: see you next time bye bye Okay, that's it, that's it, that's it.